2: Hey guys, welcome to the Inspire to Fire podcast. My name is Chris and this podcast is all about inspiring you towards reaching financial independence. This episode is no different. This is episode three of season two. If you are a repeat listener, thank you for joining us. And if you are new to the show, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I usually release episodes every Wednesday. And this episode, we have two guests, actually, instead of one, Deb and Chris from Go Bucket Yourself, and they have their own podcast, actually. So what they usually talk about is the mental side of the FIRE journey, and that's what they're going to be discussing today. They're going to go into their rental real estate strategy of how they reach financial independence. But more importantly, Deb is going to specifically talk about her wake-up call and life after traditional W-2 work. We get into a little bit about how to balance a laid back lifestyle versus trying to also be ambitious and reach your goals. So what I like about this episode is that it's less technical, so we won't dive into a lot of the numbers like we had in episode two with the millionaire educator, which is great for some aspect of the FIRE journey. However, at some point, you do have to look at the overall picture, your mental health, and see what really brings happiness. And there's a lot more to it than just the numbers. So that's what I love about what Go Bucket Yourself is all about and what Chris and Deb are doing over there. So real quick, If you are new or a repeat listener, I would love it if you can just help the podcast out. And I have a couple ways that you can do it for free, actually. The first way is go ahead and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. The second way is to check out Audible Premium Plus, the free trial, which is in the link below. If you use that link below, you actually get a 30 day free trial as well as one free credit to use towards any premium title so that can be for wallet activism the book that Tanya Hester wrote in the first episode it can also be Deb's new book The Other Side of Perfect where she discusses overcoming perfectionism and people pleasing in order to reach her authentic self either way whichever book you select it can be thousands of other books The Simple Path to Wealth to uh Simple Path to Wealth by J L Collins for example or any nonfiction or fiction book, and you get to keep that book. And after the 30 days, you go ahead and just cancel the free trial. No harm, no foul. So just a disclaimer, it is an affiliate link. I do receive some money for it, but all the money that I receive from it goes straight into my son's investment account, which hopefully will grow and help him in the future when he turns 18. He's only one and a half at this time. So you'd be doing me a favor and doing yourself a favor as well. So go ahead and check out that link below. It's Audible Premium Plus. Again, free 30-day trial. You just cancel anytime before 30 days or you can keep it if you enjoy it. And then you also get to keep that free book forever. So anyways, enough of the promotion. Thank you so much for joining me. And here is Deb and Chris for our
1: episode. Hey, Chris and Deb, welcome to the
2: show.
0: Hi, Chris. Thanks for having us.
1: Hey, Chris. Nice to be here. It's great to meet you. And yeah, thanks for having us.
2: Of course. Thank you guys for being on and taking some time. I know you guys from Go Bucket Yourselves, your podcast as well. So, you guys are seasoned in this. I see the the professional microphones on, the, on your end.
0: <laughs> we feel nothing like professionals, but we do have some mic stands. So, that That's helps. Right.
2: <laughs> That's a step in the right direction for sure. So, if you guys don't mind, I know a lot about you just based off of, uh, you know, seeing you guys listening to what you you put out constantly. But for anybody who hasn't heard of you, if you can just start off with a little bit about your money story and and a little bit about your background. Whoever wants to go first.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Usually, anyways, I usually go first, but I was like, well, I need to share the the time. But anyway, so, my money story, um, if we go kind of all the way back I'm, I've been one that has been pretty frugal most of my life. It was easy for me to save and accumulate and kind of take the longer term view, even back in the the Halloween days, like I would hoard my Halloween candy and try to stretch it all the way through to the next October. Um, so the, the kind of accumulating and saving piece, um, was something that I was familiar with and maybe one of my superpowers, but, uh, It also had its kryptonite and that kryptonite was I wasn't very good at letting go. And I've kind of always had this limiting belief around money, like in order for me to get money, someone else has to lose money in order uh, like I have to win and someone else has to lose. This is mine. And so I've I've created even though I've I've been able to save and accumulate and invest, I had also created um, some unhealthy ways of, of looking at money and dealing with money that I'm now um, trying to to work on or have been working on for for actually five seven ten years, but that's kind of like the beginning of of my how Chris dealt with money up until um, then about seven eight nine years ago uh, besides just saving a lot of our paycheck using that to pay down debt, doing all the kind of safe stuff we did start investing in rental real estate and got to a point um, where we had enough cash flow income from. From our rental real estate that we could both uh, step away from our jobs, so that's kind of it in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I guess just my little piece of that is I luckily fit in with Chris okay because I never really wanted a lot and I was eager to please. So it was like um, not spending a lot of money worked out okay. We were pretty good at paying off debt and saving, and then I had some health issues pop up in my early 30s, or at least that's when I couldn't ignore them any longer. And I decided I wasn't even sure if I would make it to retirement, right. And so I was working for this like elusive someday retirement someday, you know, enjoy our time, enjoy our life, the fruits of our labor, and kind of started to understand that Uh, living for someday was maybe not the best game plan. And that's when we started rethinking things. I left my job and then we started trying to find a way to build some passive income uh, to have our money kind of work for us rather than the other way around. And that's where the real estate, you know, buy and hold rentals came from. And that played out pretty well in our favor over some time and some sweat equity, elbow grease.
2: Nice nice and yeah so that sounds like uh, it was that that was your wake-up call I guess Deb um, where you know a lot of people go through life struggling to find that happiness and contentment and again like you said they push the goal further and further out uh, saying one day they yeah. will be happy and and you seem to say not that we're not doing that anymore it's gonna start today
0: yeah, we try I mean, yeah, that took more time than one day, but slowly there were just like little aha's, you know, like this isn't really maybe the way things should go. How do we want our life to look? How do we actually want to be living our life? Just starting to question small things one one at a time.
2: Right. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that and we're going to dive a little, you know, deeper into that concept, but uh just real quick, Chris, you sound like the uh kid who given the opportunity to delay gratification with the marshmallow test, you would have passed that with flying
1: colors, right? (laughs) I think so. I've actually, uh, I've told someone else that like uh, introducing myself and kind of giving that story. I was like, I think had I been given that test, I probably would have had two marshmallows. Um, (laughs) That's That's
0: so funny because the whole time he was talking and answering your first question, Chris, I was thinking of the marshmallows and I was like, I would. I'm the kid that like ate the whole bag of marshmallows. <laughs> like I love marshmallows still, and I'm 43 years old, so I have to not have marshmallows in my house. So we're complete opposite ends of the spectrum on the marshmallow test for sure. Well,
2: he'll he'll keep duplicating for
1: you for you, and you'll keep eating them. <laughs> there we
0: go. Hey, right. Chris, are you my duplicator?
1: Yeah, because I ate
0: marshmallows.
1: So I try <laughs> to give you all my excess marshmallows.
2: So I do want to also discuss that real estate venture or, or the fact that real estate was your avenue towards financial independence. Was that your goal starting off? Was that intentional or is that just kind of how things fell into place for you guys?
1: Yeah. So when, when we kind of had the wake up call with Deb, Deb's health issue and I, uh, I guess the fear of staying the same, i.e. the fear of just delaying. Retirement till our 60s, and not knowing what our thirty, the rest of our 30s, or our 30s and 40s and beyond were going to look like. Um, that was enough to kind of give me a, a sharp stick to the back that it was like, okay, we, I want to do something different. I want to be more intentional with the time I have. And one way I can do that is if I can buy some more time. And we, I just, I think the idea, since Debbie left her job, And I was like, I've been a budgeting guy for a long, long time. So I watch every dollar, every, every dollar come in, every dollar go out. And I had run the numbers and I was like, I think we can afford for Debbie to leave. But there was just still this whole, we'd been a two income household for like 12, 13 years at that point. So it was just like, how can we take out, you know, a third or a little more than a third of our income and not feel the ramifications? Well, she leaves her job and I'm watching the dollars come in. I'm watching the dollars go out. We're not living off savings. You know, major calamities aren't happening. And I think it just gave me enough confidence that, okay, that it will work out. It all worked out. We made tiny adjustments. Nothing felt all that much different. So then once I got to a point where I was no longer totally in love with my job, because prior to that point, I I was pretty dang happy with my job, but uh, we got a new CEO in. It was not the same place that I started with. And so then it started to have me questioning whether or not I wanted to work for this company uh, into perpetuity. And that answer came back, no. And so then I started looking at, well, what, do, what would I do to make money? And lots and lots of rabbit holes. But um, a few of the rabbit holes that I could really wrap my head around were real estate. At first, I wanted to do storage sheds because my grandmother had had uh, rentals and she told me all the horror stories. So I was pretty scared to actually own homes with humans in them and toilets. But I thought the idea of owning just big garage doors, um, that sounded good. Uh, all that to say, that we we went and looked at a few places, but they were... At that time, I didn't know how to... I didn't have a network. I didn't have the idea of, of risk and leverage and everything. So... It was pretty hard for me to wrap my head around buying these million-dollar assets. But it was easier for me to wrap my head around buying these 60, dollars $80,000 houses we were buying in 2015-16 here in, in rural Colorado and in Memphis, Tennessee. Those prices have gone up since then. But at that time, yeah, I could wrap my head around that. And then Debbie coached the crap out of me to be like, look, we have always been able to solve our problems. We have always been able to come out to the other side of these things in a better situation. So why not just have some faith and trust? And eventually I got to the point, but uh, yeah.
0: And just to speak a little bit more specifically to the real estate, like why real estate question, Mm. we had a limited amount of savings, but we had enough savings that we felt like we could keep some cash aside in case like everything hit the fan and we needed to live for a year on some savings. And then So we had a limited amount of cash after that, and we could look at the 4% rule and see how long it was going to take us to get to the 4% rule by investing in the market, right? Or we could look at what would happen if we used leverage and um, tenants paying down our mortgages and reinvesting that money over and over. And we just saw that we got to this financial independence place a lot faster if we could do it through real estate. And so we just started going like all in. Like I said, the amount of cash we were comfortable using to first buy real estate, and then we were saving a large percentage of his W-2 income every month, and we were just putting all of the money from the rentals we were buying, plus what we were saving from his W-2 income and just like wash, rinse, repeat that over and over again, not spending any of that money from the rentals until we got enough that we had enough cash flow that we felt comfortable.
1: And also just one more point on that because I, <laughs> you know, I didn't really take it in that direction, but why real estate not... Uh, the, the other, you know, the the typical go- going through VTSAX, it was probably house two or three before I discovered the the financial independence. I just air quoted that um, movement. And I've been listening to Bigger Pockets podcast, and that was pretty much the only podcast in my repertoire, just learning everything I could about Bigger Pockets. But then I started hearing some of these other guests that were also either Doing real estate in addition to this other thing, and then you know we found out about like JL Collins's Simple Path to Wealth, and it was like, oh, this makes sense. We stayed on the real estate train, but at the same time, anything over an extra that we were using to buy real estate, we we started doing the that mode as well. So we do we've not we're not selling any stock, we're not living off of any of that right now, but we are still kind of practicing that method since we've stopped accumulating uh, properties in 2019. Yeah.
2: And and I'm glad you mentioned that Deb, because a lot of times and Chris as well, but I'm a lot of times in the financial independence community, there's that two, those two journeys, right? Is it, is it real estate or is it the stock market, which way are you gonna go? And yeah, there are other ways as well, but those are the two core ones. And real estate does really get you there quicker. Uh, but you do have to be comfortable with that leverage, as you spoke about earlier, um, which if you're not, and I've met a lot of fire people who are just not comfortable with debt you know and it even makes me a little uncomfortable at times as well of course but yeah you know you have those two options it seems like you're if you're really debt averse you're probably going to go the stock market route it's going to take a little longer but you understand that that's non-leveraged and if you're okay with some leverage you might go the real estate route and you probably will get there faster from from all these case studies that we're seeing yeah
1: yeah that's I've, and I don't, I'm unfortunately don't have all of those numbers fresh in my brain. Um, we're also on a break from our podcast. So some of these things that I, I'm used to repeating, you know, two or three times a week, I haven't done, but yeah, I, I did have, I ran those numbers after we found out about, you know, going the, going the market route and it was, it would have added on, uh, five, six years, I think, uh, to, mm-hmm. to our trajectory. So not the end of the world by any means. Um, but I, I was pretty excited to just uh, expedite that, uh, that that timeline and uh, see what life without a, a job looks like.
0: <laughs> and I guess I can just speak to that mindset-wise specifically in that we're able to separate like personal debt versus business debt. So the debt we have is, in air quotes, business debt, right? That's our business. It's real estate. It pays for our daily life. And um It also is constantly increasing our net worth, right? Our tenants are paying down those mortgages, our properties are going up in value, and so I tend to look at those things as like what you would consider compounding interest if if you're in the market and you know we're well diversified, like Chris said. We also have the market, and we aren't over leveraged in our opinion, but that's all personal choice and what people are comfortable with, like you said so Luckily, there are multiple routes uh, to the same place.
2: Absolutely. And and you guys mentioned bigger pockets. And just the fact that you mentioned that, that's a, a lot of people who are successful in real estate start with bigger pockets. And so no doubt that you guys have done your research before jumping into a you know mortgage or a rental investment um, like that. So it, how many rental properties more or less did you guys get up to until you said, all right, this might be enough for us?
1: Yeah. So we have 19 um, homes and a little bit of a qualifier there out of those 19 homes, 18 are performing. One was kind of like a buy one, get one free. And I still haven't done, we still haven't done anything with it.
0: No, that uh, one would make 20.
1: Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> <that number. laughs> and then we have four with um, some some partners, some friend, of, a friend of ours, and uh, and his wife uh, are partnered with us on on four of those. So, yeah, so nineteen of those. And at the time when we were first getting going, my my speculation spreadsheets of how much we were going to pay for each house, how much each house was going to rent for, and what our operating costs were going to be, um, I was I was kind of shooting for just a back of the napkin number of two hundred dollars a month per door of cash flow. So when we first Got going. I was like, if we can get to thirty eight hundred dollars a month of income, that will replace our ex- or that will meet our expenses. We live a very low expense life and have some cushion to both keep investing and, you know, still enjoying the the things that that we love to do, like travel. So, uh, so we we use that number of if we can get to nineteen performing doors. And they each did $200 a month, thirty hundred dollars a month. That was going to get us to our, our freedom number. And um, we actually, I mean, they do well over uh, $200 a month now, um, just with <laughs> the craziness that I'm not sure exactly where, where you live, Chris. But uh, even though we live in rural Colorado, we've still seen rents increase uh, fairly significantly so over the six or seven years that we've been investing.
2: So, I live in uh, South Florida and that's something we've seen, you know, I would say every major city at this point has seen a yeah. crazy increase. And so, that's actually where I was going with with my next question for you is with the madness of the market today, do you think it's replicable what you guys did? Or if and if so, what what tips would you have for someone who you know, is listening to this right now and says, I want 19 houses. I want to do what Chris and Deb did because I want to start living my life uh, in my way. What, what, what do we, what, where do we start?
0: This is a tricky question because we could have kept going when we stopped, but we wanted to just like find out if this was enough and like have that experiment for a while. Right. And so we got out of like buying more when Chris left his job in what late 2019. 2019? And so we haven't been in the market or really like looking as an investor much. And I would say it will be much trickier now than it was when we were doing it. Um, I can see that just from seeing how things are selling where we live. And again, we live in a rural area of Colorado. Colorado is kind of like a, a wanted market, but I think there are a lot of those around the U.S. That being said, the company we invested with in Memphis is still selling houses. They still have a long investor list. Um, And I think there are still markets out there. We still have friends that are still buying, doing syndications. So, I think it's possible. A lot of what made it possible for us was we were investing somewhere else at the same time that we were investing where we live and we were buying properties that no one else wanted, right? They were like ugly ducklings for some reason. And we knew we had to fix them up in some way and make them attractive. And that was a little bit harder than buying a turnkey property. And so... I, I think those things are still out there. We we still get mailers and calls and texts every day wanting to buy ours. So people are still out there looking and investing. It's just, I think it is harder right now and no one can really foresee the market, but things are going up and going up. So it's definitely for sellers at this point.
1: And I, I will say this though, like, so when we bought our first place in 2016, I'm listening to Bigger Pockets podcast from 2010 and 11 and I was like, "Oh my god. Like if I could have invested when these guys invested. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been so easy. Like I could have instead of buying 19 houses in 5 years, we could have bought 45 houses, you know, in 3 years or something like that." So it I think it's always easy to um as you're cruising down the road listening to this podcast like, "Oh, yeah, these guys are talking about real estate." Oh, you know, that that ship has sailed. Oh, I think it's easy to do that, especially if you're scared like I was, especially if it's not comfortable to you like it was for me, or it wasn't comfortable for me to to get started either. But once we got started, once we started building that network, once we started to go into events and said, I'm a real estate investor, once I started getting on people's mailing lists, the, the deals showed up. It wasn't like if I just sat here reading enough books or listening to enough podcasts, the deals weren't showing up. But once we started taking little bitty actions, you know, one action after the next, action after the next, Debbie started her own little real estate investors group. We didn't have a single house and we're hosting a real estate investors group in our little community. And four people showed up to it and no one was really selling or anything like that. But it just, it creates that mindset of we are now real estate investors. I've told 10 people I'm a real estate investor. I know three or four real estate agents. They know I'm a real estate investor. They know I'm going to buy a house. So if you start taking action, it's almost like the universe or God or whatever you believe in or don't believe in. But uh, it's almost like they're like, okay, you said you wanted to do this. Show me. Then you show up and it it feeds you a little and then it feeds you a little bit more. So yeah, it may not, you may not be able to replicate exactly what we did in exactly the same markets in exactly the same timeframe, but you can, I think, I I know there's people out there. I'm in a, a mastermind with a lot of people that are crushing it right now in real estate. I'm just not one of them.
0: (laughs) And also I don't want to take over. I'm not trying to be the host, but like, have we seen any property? How many times have we said like, Oh, I'm glad I didn't buy that property. I mean, we, I think we often look at these properties that we passed on or it was before we started investing or we look at how much someone paid for something and we're like, are they paying that much? And then you look at it now and it's like, Oh, we should have bought that. We should have bought, you know, so it's like, um, yeah, it works out. Real estate, generally, you know, I'm not trying to tell people to, to make bad investments. And we also tried this little creative thing at the end of last year. I went to Costa Rica and looked at some property. For personal reasons, we passed on, but it would have the numbers would have worked out They weren't like
1: personal reasons. They were, they were legit reasons. Like they were going to cost us more than we thought. Right.
0: It was, it was going to be like that elbow grease in Costa Rica. And we just didn't want to spend that time in Costa Rica. I'm only saying this because those like the 1% rule still applies there, oh, yeah. but you have to get a bit creative to find deals, you know? So anyway, yeah. just a little tidbit there.
2: No, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. And and so it, it does sound like that you guys did your homework. You had the research and the numbers run on every property, pretty much. I'm I'm guessing, but it also looks like you guys took the strategy of you're not trying to hit a home run with a property. So you're not trying to get that property that just is a cash cow or you know, uh, yeah, basically like a a hole in one type of deal. So. You went with $200 cash flow and it's funny that, you know, you do the first deal, that's probably the hardest one. The second one is a little bit easier. Third one's easier and as you were mentioning, Deb, it kind of snowballs into each 200 monthly cash flow kind of keeps stacking on each other and you can just pour that into the next investment. So, I'm glad you mentioned all of that and I think that that's a great place for listeners to start is to just learn more about real estate and get involved. And it reminds me of a investment that I wanted to do in 2018 with real estate, and I just passed on it. I think I was a little scared, basically, of the market, and I didn't know enough. Um, but that property, I looked back at it, and uh, I regret it. It would yeah. have it would have been fantastic, um, you know, four years later. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of like the stock market again. In in the same way, you're always looking back and saying, "I wish I would have invested in 2008." Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're just waiting for those levels, but they're not gonna come. So you have to just invest at whatever the market's giving you.
1: Yeah, it it feels it, i I see analogies between those th- those two worlds and probably other investments too, just that I'm not familiar with. But uh, you know, it's it's just taking those little little actions, whether it's dollar cost averaging fifty dollars a month into your Roth IRA or or getting started with your your four oh one K. Cause the same thing can apply. Like I've heard so many people say like I don't know how I'd get started. I don't know how I'd scrape an extra $25 to get going with my retirement accounts, you know, either through their company sponsored 401k or, or whatever. And it's it's the same concept, you know, you, until you scrape that first $25 to get dollars together and put it to, in your Roth IRA. And then until you get that $50 and that $75, until you do that, it just seems either impossible or improbable, or you just, you can list off a hundred reasons why you shouldn't until, you know, you start to really take those actions and see some of it. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to get um, I think 4 or 5 properties within the first 12 months. And they were doing maybe 200-250 a month of cash flow at that time. So it was almost like I got a $1,000 a month raise um, at my job. Like here's another $1,000 a month, but we weren't using that money to upgrade our lifestyle. We're just using it to buy more properties uh then got me another raise or got us another raise and so once you start seeing some of that action then it, it becomes you know it becomes a lot easier to just have have faith in in the, in the numbers and knowing that there will be bad times ahead um, but hopefully you're a pretty good problem solver and you'll you'll solve it because i see a lot of people solving some much bigger problems in these day in and day out so i think as humans we're pretty resilient to do that
2: yeah, it sounds like you guys were using a lot of things that are fu- um, fundamental in the FIRE community, which would be a bit of frugal living, a bit of uh, resisting lifestyle inflation, uh, a bit of trying to earn a little bit more on in the income side and a bit of investing. So, you kind of did a little bit of all that and put it together and uh, it worked out, like you said. So, I did want to talk a little bit now about post PostFi. Once it worked out, once you guys got to that uh, point and- you know, you you guys. When did you start Go Bucket yourself?
0: I would say post five is probably our favorite topic because it's surprising what comes post buy. Mm-hmm. We started Go Bucket yourself when you left, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So Chris left his job late 2018. No,
1: November of 2019.
0: So, like, right before the pandemic, uh, at the beginning of 2020, we went to Mexico for almost a month to like kick it off. And we started the podcast there. Right. Yep. Um, and so mm. mostly we've been go bucketing ourselves through the pandemic, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah.
2: Nice. Um, can you maybe share a story or two of um, what you guys have done with, uh, you know, the whole go bucket yourself. I know you you're big into hiking and just really quickly I'm from Florida. So there's not a lot of mountains to hike on here. Yeah, um, but I did go visit a friend in West Virginia and we did the uh a trail on like an Appalachian mountain. I'm not Oh yeah. Uh I think it's called New Gorge River or something like that. Fantastic. So I wish I could hike more, but I live through you guys when I hear your stories <laughs> about hiking.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah.
1: You. So so yeah, some of the kind of adventurous things that, that we've done. I've I've hiked three years now, um, significant, uh, mileage on trails. So like, uh, 2020, I did about 600 miles on the continental divide trail. Uh, last year I did about 800 miles on the Arizona trail. And then this year I did about 400 miles on the Pacific crest trail. So I've, I've kind of fallen in love with seasonal spring backpacking in the desert. Uh, so that's what I've been doing that I wouldn't have been able to do in a normal you know job because each of those were at least 30 to 53 days of of me going out, sleeping in a tent, pooping in the woods. um, So uh, (laughs) so that that's really um, been some, some kind of like out of the ordinary items that I've, I've taken from my bucket list and and checked off. And then Deb went to a surf camp.
0: Yeah. So for me, adventure isn't quite like living with all my stuff on my back for (laughs) months. And I I can do that for a few days, but I like a real bathroom after about three days. (laughs) Uh, I do uh, appreciate learning to surf. I really like the ocean. Um, So a lot of adventure is about that for me. We do these trail runs every year that I like. I really like the mountains and hiking. I just don't want to do it for a month straight. But the whole idea of go bucket yourself is more of like your personal legend, right? Everyone's like bucket list life is different for them. So it doesn't even necessarily involve uh, pooping in the woods, obviously, (laughs) or learning to surf. It's just more about designing your life and living your days in a way that is ultimately like what you're here on earth to do, like getting very clear about that and then designing your life around that so that you're not living for someday, you're actually living today, right? That's the whole idea of it. So for me, I think a big part of that has been learning to um, get really clear about how I want to feel, right? So not what I want to have or achieve by or do, but how I want to feel and then planning my days, months, years around what I think will bring me that feeling Because a lot of times we can think like, if I hit this income threshold, then I will be happy. Or if I get this car or a house in this neighborhood, then I will really feel fulfilled and be happy. And we get those things. Even if I reach financial independence, then I will be happy, right? And we get those things and we don't have the feeling we think we'll have. And so that's what the work really is. Um, hopefully the adventure that we we try to show to the community and live out inspires people, but that's not the ultimate goal.
1: Exactly. A lot of it has post-Fi life to me has been some adventure, but that that is great stuff. I love that stuff. And, and I'm sure my kids and grandkids might be talking about that in the future. But the other thing that I've, I've found is just the time and the space to dedicate to awareness. And that's just a lot of times I think as us busy Americans, we just aren't as near as aware of of who we are, what we what, what triggers us, what turns us on, what, what makes us happy, what, what really we want in life until we stop and take that breath. And that's what I think I'm so grateful for uh, having this this amount of time is to, to work on that awareness. And I have a great partner in Deb in that she's working on awareness as well. And so we each will go read our own books or we each will have our own little epiphanies. And then we can share uh, with one another. on like, holy crap. Like I did not realize how much like ego played a sense in, in our marriage. And I didn't realize how much I'm so scared of losing it all. And I can usually, if I trace like, oh, I act like an asshole today, I can almost always trace it back to like two days, three days ago. Somehow there was a little voice in my head that that started singing the song of like, it's all going to go away. You could lose it all. And I'm like, okay, now I'm aware of this. How am I going to work on this? How am I going to teach that little voice? Like, hey, it's, I'm glad you're back there, but let's, let's move on from that. We don't need to be always (laughs) be worried about losing it all at all the time. And so I just think like that's the financial independence, having, having a free from a W2 job. Um, having an abundance of free time has really allowed me to make that kind of self-discovery and awareness. That as well, at, I mean, way added to a more richer and complete life than than going out and hiking and doing those cool things. I still want to do both of those things. <laughs> and I, thankfully, I've got the ability to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right, and uh, yeah, I think there's room in life for all of that, and. If you don't make the room for it though, then you won't have time for it. So, you know, we're so busy like you mentioned with work and and all the other things that keep us busy but uh, once you kind of notice or or get to a point where those aren't as important or as necessary, like you said, you can start working on yourselves, building that bond between you guys even stronger and uh, then going out and having some fun because what's life if you're not having a little bit of fun at least on the way? Yeah. and that's um, that's the key takeaway I hope that listeners and, and I'm taking away from it as well is like, enjoy the journey just as much as that destination. Um, it's something that I've struggled with personally where I'm looking forward for five, six years down the road instead of trying to make myself happier. And then, as you mentioned, I don't even know sometimes what will make me happy because I haven't given it much thought. I'm just thinking about this date in yeah. the future. Mm-hmm. So. That is something I think super important to to just focus on is don't uh don't postpone that start working on that today and seeing what that leads uh, you down to you know um you you'd be surprised what you learn about yourself
1: yeah and I'm glad you said that Chris because uh, if if you just listened to my words you might have you might have heard that like until you are able to leave your job, you won't have the freedom to do that. Uh, that's not true. Like you can create that space and create that time now. And I did do a bit of that leading up to, to, you know, jumping out of and quitting my job. But uh yeah, I, I, I'm wholeheartedly agree. Like, I think it's great to have an intention and to set the, you know, set the goal, set the arrow, set the compass to this direction. But then at times it's, you gotta be able to just kind of like, wing it a little bit in the day to day. It's like, okay, I know where I want to be in five years, but you cannot just live for that five years down the road because so many things can change between now and then. And, and yeah, I think you put that well, Chris.
0: Well, the thing is, is like sometimes, often, I would say, especially since we've been working on creating this community and really talking to people, either in the midst of the pursuit of Phi and happiness, right? Or after it, those things we set our intention on in the future are not from that place of awareness or consciousness. They're like recycled from what our family told us we would want, or society tells us what's fulfilling and will make us happy. And so we just work for those. And we don't realize that that's not our own actual internal desire or need or something that's actually aligned with our own authentic, like purpose for being here. So we work so hard for five, six years down the road, as you said, Chris, uh, we're so busy that whole time that we don't have the time or energy to just slow down and ask ourselves those questions. Like, what do I need? What do I want? Is this actually what I need and want? Will this give me the feeling that I want to feel? And so we work really hard. We our high achievers, we get these things, and then we go, ah, if this isn't making me happy, what will make me happy, you know? And so, yeah, as you said, like, that comes a little bit each day at a time with a little bit of clarity, like just slowing down, making more intentional steps. Um, Yeah, just that word busy, that's got to go away somehow in our society. We've got to slow down and give ourselves time to really understand and process what is truly meant for us.
2: I I agree. And uh, the word laziness needs to not have a negative connotation, I think. Um, I mean, I know I've felt a little guilty before. Now I don't mind. But before when I would take a nap during the day, I would say to myself, what am I doing? I'm Mm -hmm. not being productive at all. Um, But nowadays I take a nap and it feels great and there's no (laughs) guilt at all. Yeah.
1: You're in good company, good company, John F. Kennedy, Winston Churchill, they were all members because I, I too suffered from that where I was like, yeah, anyways.
2: Well, we're, we're, I believe like like you said, Deb, we're type A personalities where we're very passionate, where we have a lot of ambition. I don't think we would have reached or, or strived for financial independence if we didn't have that ambition. So, part of that is good. But then how do you switch that off and try to enjoy or maybe live a more laid back lifestyle? Um, have you guys dealt with that or, or struggled with that in any way uh, post five?
0: Certainly, I think so. I mean, it does help to just um, slow down and think of like what your ideal day would be. But for me, at first, slowing down meant that I did have all of this time and energy and finally a lot of stuff I had never dealt with came to the surface. And so it is a privilege, right? It gave me the time to be able to really deal with that and work through that. I self-published a book in relation to that. And I had the time to do that because of of being able to step away from my job. Um, Chris has had other troubles come up for sure. Yeah, so it's not like this destination that solves all of the problems, right? It's like, if the problems exist on the way there, they will still be there when you get there. Now there is a bit more time and space to deal with them if you choose to. I don't know. Did I answer your question? I'm not sure.
2: No, I think I think you did. I think it's uh, about being aware, as you mentioned, and just trying to uh, live intentionally a more laid-back lifestyle. So yeah thinking about what your day looks like is key, and um yeah embracing some of that laziness and that nap, nap style <laughs> life
1: i i I mean as a guy that spends a lot of time outdoors, I just love nature, and I, the more cues I take from nature, the more I feel like the f- effing answer is right there in front <laughs> of us all along, like mimic nature like this is what we've been doing for a while, and so that's kind of how I structure. I've been structuring my life, and when I when I stick with that structure, it works well. So, like, I kind of have a winter where I don't do as much. I take more time for reading, more time for resting, more time for getting together with family and, and all of that. Then comes spring and summer, like I get pretty pretty excited. Like I want to go move my body after having that that big rest, and I like to go. Uh, that's when I when when we sign up to go do our. our outdoor runs. And that's when I usually go off and, and do a big hiking or then go out climbing and, and things of that nature. And then, um, you know, fall is anyway. So just mimic nature. I, I honestly get up with the sun and go to bed with the sun as as the year goes on. So in the summer, you know, I get up kind of early and I go to bed still early compared to most Americans. But in the winter, I go to bed way earlier than most Americans. Where people are like, you're in bed at eight o'clock. I'm in bed at eight o'clock. And I <laughs> or amazing. before,
0: let's be honest. <laughs>
1: Sometimes yes,
0: uh, I'm glad you like sort of summarize that back to me, Chris, because it reminds me that when I left my job before, I really understood myself a little better, my life a little better. I filled up my days really quickly. And all of a sudden, I was busy again. And I was doing all of these things that other people wanted me to do. And I was still using that word like busy, busy, busy all the time. And so I really had to unwrap that and like, untangle myself from these commitments I made and learn how to say no. And then learn how to just like tap into my curiosity and my own intuition in moving forward with what would be better aligned to what was meant for me. Uh, You know, like we like to say like, it's good work. It's somebody's work, but it's not my work. And there's all kinds of those things out there. Um, All kinds of people will ask you to do all kinds of things. It doesn't mean that it's meant for you necessarily. And so when Chris left his job, it was much later than when I left mine. And we made sure he had something to sort of go toward when he left his job to maybe avoid a deep, dark hole. It's not that there's totally avoiding them. So that's why we started Go Bucket Yourself. Uh, he had that that to look forward to, that to sort of intentionally fill up his days. But I do see it a lot with my some of my five friends, my mastermind a little bit, that it's scary to stop and slow down and sort of be in this chatter of our mind and not feel like we, um, our ego doesn't have like this thing of like, this is my achievement. This is what I do. This is who I am. And so some of them go back to work or go back to filling up their days, which is okay if that's the path that's meant for them, but that can be scary and hard to figure out. So it is good to do a little planning, um, have a little foresight about it for sure.
2: Right. And, and, um, yeah, I just want to make sure it's clear that I think financial independence doesn't have to be one size fits all for, for everyone. It can be whatever you make of it. So, if you decide or myself, I decide I don't want to be completely financially independent or I might be but I just decide to like a uh, work optional lifestyle, mm-hmm. that is okay and that's something I've actually considered because I tend to find that I like a new challenge every once in a while and my, my brain gets a little little bored of, of the same routine. So, I, I do like the challenge of learning something new. So, right, a barista fire lifestyle might be something right up that alley. So, I think that that's important to to remember.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally agree with you. That That's all okay. It opens up all of those possibilities. We can work now because we want to, not because we have to. So, we get to be selective about the work that we do, right?
1: And ours is I feel like our post five chapters are going to look vastly different. Like right now we have um, a 17 year old daughter and a 12 year old daughter. And so our post five life with, you know, older kids looks like this and then it'll look a little bit different um, in a couple more years and a little bit more different after that. And I think, yeah, I think just um, what Deb said a bit ago is, always stay curious like follow those curiosities cuz i feel like those curiosities are are there for a reason um and once i've explored with those curiosities you know they've led to joining this this online community or they've led to starting go Bucket yourself or they've led to um engaging with with various folks and each one of those has been eye opening and and life changing and and then it's going to look different. It's going to look different another three or four years you now, you know, like the people in my life might look different and where we live might look different. And I don't know, it's just, to me, it's exciting. Like I just want to stay curious. I want to keep learning. I want to keep meeting new people and hopefully doing some good service to, to some folks that help them in their journeys along the way. And that'll, that'll feel like a good, rich life, you know, when it, when it all comes to an end.
2: that you be looking at Chris, like complete agreement. You. <laughs> Love yeah. all the words that are coming out of his mouth.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice. Did you know I was looking at you like that, Chris? I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny.
2: Well, thank you guys for joining and, and taking the time to share your thoughts. I mean, you have a wonderful podcast. I hope you guys keep that going after your small break. Um, I do want to give you the platform or the time to share anything exciting or anything you guys coming have coming up, uh, as well as where people can find more of you guys.
0: Thank you so much for that. Um, we actually are planning our first event in the beautiful Colorado Men- mountains that'll have, um, we haven't talked a lot about it yet, but it'll have some adventure, like some deep rest and some really deep inner work moving into some life design, whether it's pre-fi or post-fi um, so that's our really big work we're doing right now, prepping for that, getting ready to launch and release. I do have a book out there. You can go find it anywhere books are sold online or go to gobucketyourself.com forward slash books, I believe still. Yeah. The book title is The Other Side of Perfect.
1: The way. Other Side <laughs> of
0: Perfect. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way is probably on Instagram. It's imperfectprogress.me. So that's I M. PerfectProgress.me or Chris.
1: Yeah, I'm at Bucket Yourself, but yeah, you can just go to our website, GoBucketYourself.com. We are getting ready to to release our season four um, after take. Well, so we're today's June second when we're recording, so I'm not sure when we're coming, <laughs> but uh, later on in June we'll do that, and then uh, we're actually going to be talking at Camp Fire, Rocky Mountain. Do you ever go to Camp Fire, Chris? No,
2: that's definitely something on my bucket list.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's so. I, anyways, uh, I we really love it. Um, we've been to a few. This will be our first time speaking, but we're going to Camp Fire Rocky Mountain, and like Deb said, we got our our fall retreat um, on the books, and that's like in the spring summer season right now. Like that's what we're we're kind of in that that action mode, taking action and. And I got my, my planner out and all my days, you know, have, uh, and it's funny, like one of the first things I bought myself after, uh, leaving work was to have a daily planner because I just knew if I didn't have someone else dictating my days, um, I needed to kind of have an intention and a plan. Otherwise things could get a little wonky. So <laughs> yeah, that's go, go You can find a lot about us uh, there if you'd like.
0: Yeah, but we're here to help, so anyone should Absolutely. reach out. And it'd be cool to see people in person after all of this time that we haven't seen people in person. So Camp fi, Rocky Mountain Week 2, as far as I know, still isn't sold out, and that's where we'll be speaking. And then our event will be later in the year, in the fall, in October. So that would be amazing. And Chris, maybe someday you'll be speaking at a Campfire also. And yeah, the one down in you Florida. There.
2: Yes, you bring bring camp Fi to Florida, and I will definitely be there um, <laughs> All right. and, and yeah we gotta I gotta find some time also to maybe poop in the woods somewhere <laughs> um, yeah.
1: You got a new, you got a newborn, right? All right.
2: Yes. Yes. He's a uh, one and a half now. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, we could take, I could take him with me and we'll, we'll both poop in the woods. It'll be yeah. great. It's,
1: a, it's another experience. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys so much again for joining the show and um, yeah, I hope to see you guys again in the future.
0: Thank you. Thank you
2: so much. All right. What a great show. I hope you guys would agree. Thank you, Deb and Chris, for joining and sharing your story. I want to encourage everybody to check out their show. It's Go Bucket Yourself. And I'm gonna put a link to their show in the description below, as well as all the other resources that we spoke about. Again, I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, go ahead and share it with somebody that you know that might be interested in this part of financial independence. Also, again, if you can support the show, I'd love it if you can subscribe, leave a review, and go ahead and check out that Audible Premium Plus offer in the description below. Again, it's 30 days free trial. You get to keep the free book that you choose. And it's a pretty good deal. And I think it's a limited time offer. So go ahead and take advantage. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for joining again. And the next episode airs in about a week. So subscribe and stay tuned. Until next time.